Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is a bonus episode. And today I'm going to be talking to you about something I rarely talk about because it's very close to home, and that is autism. It's been 19 years, and autism is still a very touchy subject for me. When my daughter was almost two years old, she began regressing in speech and social skills. And at the time, me being a young mother, I was over 21 and married. I had no clue what was happening to her. One day she was fine. The next day she had a seizure, literally, in the backseat of my car. And it took almost, I don't know, a year to get a diagnosis of autism. I was not happy. And I'll tell you why. I brought home a little girl who laughed and played and walked on time and was intuitive and charismatic. And then after the seizure, she completely changed. And I was forced to go on a journey to find out what autism was and how I could help her. There are some parents who say, I wouldn't change autism for anything in the world. You get on my nerves. And I I, I don't mind telling you that. I have always been a very blunt and honest person. I think some parents BS themselves into believing that if they just accept everything that's going on with them, they'll be the better parent. And that's not true. For the parents who have children who are nonverbal, if no one has ever told you this, let me be the first to say, it is okay not to feel okay about your child's diagnosis. The reason I advocate for people who are nonverbal, they have it the hardest. And that's not to say that Verbal people with autism have not been bullied or are not stigmatized. They are. But the people who cannot speak for themselves get judged the harshest. And that's just the truth. The minute someone hears, my child is nonverbal, I cannot tell you how many times a mother has looked me in my face and said, well, my son is high functioning. My son is mild. He has mild IDD. Whether you mean to or not, what you need to understand when you do that to a parent of a child or adult who is nonverbal, there is an invisible knife already placed in their heart. And when you say, my child is high functioning, my child is mild. You're twisting that knife. There are ways that you can relate and communicate with that parent without making them feel like shit. And that's just the truth. Please stop saying that. If anything, if you want to communicate and share things about your kid, ask the parent, well, what are your son's strengths? What are your daughter's strengths? 
Oh, you know what? Hey, my son does the same thing. Oh, my daughter is into that too. That's how you do it. Without twisting the knife because the last thing a parent of a person who is nonverbal needs to hear is that you're not going through what they're going through. It's a form of classism. And classism has no place in the autism community. They're all in the same boat. When I hear that, I immediately say, well, autism isn't a condiment. Condiments are mild or severe. My kid isn't a condiment. I'm not saying you don't have the right to be proud. Your kid grew up and was able to get a job and take trips and have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or be alone and go to college. That's not what I'm saying. You have every right to be proud. But understand, there are people in this community, there are parents in this community who don't have a chance to say that through no fault of their own. There are children and adults who do not speak, who cannot have a job, who do not go to college, and they exist. That's why I advocate for them. There's a whole other side to autism that is not talked about, that is stigmatized, that is hidden like some dirty little secret. So for the parents who are in the same boat as me, you have a right to mourn. And you also have a right to be proud. And you also have a right to speak your truth and be an advocate for your child as well. The subject that I'm going to talk about today is elopement. And if you don't know what elopement is, it is when a person with autism wanders away. It could be from their home. It could be from their parent when they're out in public. But it is a very real fear that some of us live with. As I said, I usually don't talk about autism on this podcast, but I feel there's someone out there who needs to hear the story and they need comfort. And I hope by listening, I give you that. Two-year-old Jermaine Jones wandered away from his house while his aunt was showering. He lived in Lansing, Michigan. His mom, Victoria Jones, knew all too well that her baby son wandered and she contacted the police to have him found. There was a two-day search. Police dogs, drones, they had people diving to see if he had fallen into the water. In all, more than 500 people stepped in to help this family find this baby boy. Unfortunately, little Jermaine was found dead in a nearby Looking Glass River. When I read the aunt was taking a shower My heart dropped because this has happened to me so many times. I had threw away something the night before so that she could not go in the trash and get it because she likes comfort objects. She doesn't believe that anything needs to be thrown away. While I was in the shower, she got outside, went in the garbage can, removed the object and brought it back in the house. When I saw the object, my heart dropped and she left our door wide open. Now, in the past, she's tried to get down the hill and into the street. In those couple of minutes, I could have lost her, everything. Elopement is a very real fear for a lot of parents who have children on the autism spectrum. 
Miss Jones shared Jermaine's story, hoping to bring greater awareness to wandering or elopement. And that's why I wanted to share it on my podcast today. According to research, elopement affects almost half of children and adults diagnosed with autism. Wandering can happen at home or the community. Angela Winling is a mother in Wisconsin who has two kids with special needs, and she says her eldest son was four years old when he wandered away from a Thanksgiving family dinner. She said, I don't know how long he was gone, but as soon as we noticed, I called the county sheriff's office and all of the adults and teenagers that were there were outside and started looking all over for him. They finally found him in a cow pasture. Angela said, it was absolutely beyond terrifying. He could have gotten very seriously hurt or killed. It was so cold and rainy that day. He didn't have shoes on and he didn't have a coat. Elizabeth Vossler is the director of Growing Kids Therapy. She says elopement is an impulse. Her center teaches individuals who are nonverbal how to communicate through spelling. The experience can be especially frightening for people with autism themselves, especially those who are non-speaking like baby Jermaine. Growing Kids Therapy has helped 21-year-old Jack Haynes, a non-speaking person from Herndon, Virginia, share what elopement is like for him. He says, we aren't in control when it happens. Our bodies just take off. It often happens for me when my sensory system is overstimulated. My body just needs to get out there, even if my mind wants to stay. Caden Rainey, who is 17 years old, lives in Wadsworth, Ohio. She says, it is a fight or flight situation and my body's response is flight. In my mind, I am aware that I'm not going where I want to go, but I am like the conductor of a train that has derailed from the tracks. You know, I always enjoy listening to people who are verbal, who are autistic, share their stories, but it is a special moment when I can hear statements from people who are nonverbal. And if you have a child who is nonverbal, if you know, you know, these are the stories that mean the most to us. Because for some of us, our kids can't tell us anything. That's why you'll never hear me say, I wouldn't trade autism for anything in the world. I'm never going to lie to anyone's face and say that. If she could speak again, I would give my right arm for that. And that is my truth. There isn't one parent on earth who wouldn't want to hear their child's voice. There's not a parent on earth, a good parent, I should note, that would want to keep their adult child with them for the rest of their lives, living with the fact that they're not living their lives fully. No parent signs up for their child to be nonverbal, bullied, ostracized. There are far too many parents out there, especially parents of kids who are very young who worry about their kids every single day because they know they're getting bullied but they can't come home and say mom someone is hurting me unless you live that life you have no place to judge megan boyle of upstate caring partners says research shows some people with autism elope because they are overwhelmed with sensory stimulation that is too loud or bright And the most common trigger of elopement is a desire to get closer to an object that draws their attention 
or curiosity. She says, they remember something that was in a certain spot and they want to go get it. Or they see something that they really like. Now this is true. My daughter and I were in a shoe store. I selected a pair of shoes and put back the ones I didn't like. Well, little did I know, my daughter was watching. And because I didn't return the shoes in the exact spot and direction that they were before I touched them, she ran all the way to the back of the store while I was at the checkout counter to get to the shoes and fix them. I didn't know why she was running. I just took off running behind her. And then when she got to the shoes, she fixed them perfectly. Now, she didn't try to leave the store on that trip, but sometimes she has. Reading this article answered some questions for me, even with all of the education and experience that I have. We don't know everything. Christy Mandeville of the Winefield Education Group says, some children elope to hide from an environment they perceive as too big or overpowering. They tend to go someplace a little more quiet, a little darker, and a little more closed in so that they feel safe. Now, this explains why when we go to Belk or Bath and Body Works, she tries to run. Especially in Bath and Body Works, the lights are too bright. There are a lot of scents around. She's just overpowered. So we avoid Belk and Bath and Body Works when I can. And sometimes that's an issue because Bath and Body Works is one of the few places that's an outlet for me. That's the story of a lot of parents. A lot of parents do not have respite. They don't have outlets. And this is what leads parents to become overworked, burned out, stressed out, because everybody needs a little bit of reprieve. Another fear parents have, calling the police if their child wanders off, especially for black and brown people. Like it or not, at any time, our kids can be viewed as suspicious. People who are nonverbal are definitely at risk if they encounter an officer who does not know they are autistic. In 2004, the Montgomery County Police Department created an Autism and IDD, that's Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities Outreach Unit. The program also includes Alzheimer's and dementia outreach, and it seeks to educate officers to safely respond to calls involving elopement. I think this is something all 50 states should do. Every officer needs to be trained on how to respond to a person with autism. Police in Silver Spring, Maryland understood the assignment. They once had a seven-year-old boy who wandered away, and their training assisted them to help the child who was nonverbal. But some parents don't call 911 because they'll be charged. A couple in Florida was charged with manslaughter when their three-year-old wandered away and drowned in a nearby pond. Some parents worry about CPS being called and their fears are valid. Elopement is a very real fear that we live with and you can't watch your child every second. My daughter has been eloping since she was very young. I can remember a time, maybe 15 years ago, I used to have to put a couch over my door to stop her from wandering. I was definitely not in the financial position that I am now to have a home alarm system. And I was a daycare provider at the time. 
And I had a parent who was coming over to enroll her child and I was getting the paperwork ready. So I removed the couch and I'm telling you, it was only for a few minutes while I got the paperwork ready. In that time, my daughter slipped out of the house and wandered down the street to Handles. She crossed a busy street to get to Handles. Handles is where her dad would take her when he came to visit her. I was outside looking for my daughter when her principal and her teacher rolled up and she said, Miss Hannah, have you seen Isis? I said, I'm looking for her now. So she said, Miss Hannah, come with me. I said, no, I'm not going anywhere with you. I have to find my daughter. And when I tell you, I did not like this principal because I didn't like one of her teachers. I felt she was bullying Isis and I didn't feel she was doing enough to protect Isis from her teacher. She said, Miss Hannah, please come with me. And that's when I knew something was wrong. So I got in the car and she took me to the police station. And on the way there, she said, Miss Hannah, they found Isis. She's okay. And Lord, when I tell you, I was so scared that they were going to take my baby away. The one second that I took my eyes off of her, I was going to lose it all. I was going to lose her. So when we walked into the police station, I'll never forget this lady as long as I live. She had blonde hair down her back. She walked into the police station with me. And Isis was sitting at the table with a female officer playing a game. And the chief of police was standing there as well. And before I could open my mouth, she raised one finger in the air and said, I'm sorry, I still get emotional about this story. She said, I'll vouch for her character. And I looked at her because when I tell you I had been going around and around with this lady, I had called in advocates and everything. But in all, she knew that I was a good mom. And it just so happened, she was the teacher of the chief of police. He told me that. He said she was my teacher when I was a boy. And he said, Miss Hannah, these things happen all the time. I have a son with autism, so I understand. Don't beat yourself up. Don't blame yourself. But I did. What was so special about this story I was told that a woman found my daughter crossing the street and she took her by the hand and sat on the ground with her and put her in a bear hug. And if you don't know what a bear hug is, it's kind of a restraint, but it's a soft restraint. It's not to hurt the person. It's just to keep them calm. And she held her until the police got there. And this woman knew my child by name. Here's what's strange. Isis didn't have a backpack. She didn't have shoes with her name on it. She didn't have anything. And I named her for the Egyptian goddess of fertility. She knew my baby and she protected her. I went to the school trying to find out who she was. I went around the neighborhood trying to find out who she was because I wanted to thank her for finding my child and keeping her safe. Never found out who this lady was. I was so thankful and grateful to the principal and the teacher and the police department for understanding that being the parent of a child with autism, especially a nonverbal child, is a very difficult life. Autism is not a job. It's not something you do. It's something you live with. So if you are an officer listening to this or 
you have a family member or a friend who's an officer, please be aware of that. For every child that wanders, there are a thousand instances where their parents caught them right at the door and redirected them to come back in the house or their parents ran after them while in the community. I don't sleep because I'm so afraid she's going to get out of the house. We have a system called Simply Home. If you are the parent of a child with autism and they wander, Simply Home is a great resource. And the program talks to ISIS. If she opens up her bedroom door at night, it'll say, ISIS, do you have to use the bathroom? And it's so loud I can hear it. It also sends an alert to my phone. If she opens up the back door, It'll say, Isis, don't open the door. Wait for mom. It is a game changer and a life saver, okay? We've had our system for so many years, it needs to be replaced. And it will be at the end of the month. But to give you a glimpse into how some of us live, the system sends a very loud siren at night. It's an error, but it can't be stopped because it's so old. So sometimes I have to unplug it and I stay awake until she goes to sleep. Isis has never been a sleeper. Sometimes she sleeps for two hours. Sometimes she sleeps for four hours. I don't get to sleep well and I don't take naps because I'm so afraid she's going to get out of the house. Now, hopefully I'll be able to get some sleep when we get the new system. But if she's awake, new system or not, guess what? I have to stay up too. And some may not understand what I say when I talk about elopement in the community. Just yesterday, I met one of my friends who models for us for 21 Blue Lash. I met her to give her some makeup because we have an upcoming photo shoot for another magazine article. Isis saw KFC and she wanted to leave. It ended with me having to put Isis in the backseat of my car with the child locks so that she could not get out of the door. But had I not intervened, Isis would have ran off and we were in a parking lot. We went to go get food at True Soul Food Kitchen in Butner. If you have not checked her out, please go. She has the most delicious soul food you will ever eat. Well, Isis didn't want to wait for her food. So she started having a meltdown and she tried to get away from me then. And I said, ma'am, you know, she's autistic. Um, Do you mind if we went outside for the food? She said, it's okay. I understand. I used to work with people with autism. I cannot tell you how good it feels when you meet someone who says, it's okay. I understand. And that's what I'm telling you. Be understanding. If you're a parent of a child with autism, especially a nonverbal one, be understanding of yourself. If you're not, Be understanding of others. This is not an easy life, not for us and not for our kids. This episode was to bring awareness on elopement. If you encounter someone they can't speak, please help them. Don't ridicule them. Don't take out your phone and record them and upload it on TikTok for views. Just help them. Because I guarantee if they've eloped, there's a parent looking for them. Also, Think about danger. Now, if you know you live in a county with racist police and you encounter a nonverbal person of color, don't be so quick to call the police. Assess the situation until you're sure that they're safe. If not, don't leave them. Even if you live around good police officers, 
Don't leave them because you never know what could happen. Try to put yourself in the parent's shoes. If it was your child, how would you want them to be treated? And I'm out of time. As I said, this was a bonus episode. I think I'm going to start adding these to the podcast more often. And when they're bonus episodes, they're going to be to help others. If there is an issue or a subject you want me to talk about or you need help with, feel free to send an email to 21bluelash at gmail.com. Be easy. We have episode 39 coming up and I hope you'll enjoy it. Take care of yourselves and stay tuned for episode 39.